class is in memory of Jared Orchen, and today we, today we learn the Aftorah from Yom Kippur Day. That's on page 207 in our prayer books. The Aftorah is from, chap, is from the book of Isaiah, in the middle of chapter 57 and all of chapter 58. Yom Kippur is a day that we fast. But in the Torah it's not written to fast. What's written in the Torah? To afflict yourself. To afflict yourself. Whatever that means. Oh, te'anuit nafshotechem. It's not written to fast. The rabbis tell us, and now you how you afflict yourself by fasting. One of the places we learn it, I mean, what means the rabbi tell us? When Moses told the Jewish people to afflict themselves, they asked him, what does this mean? And the first year to tell them what it means, right? Because afflicting yourself, you leave it up to the people. So the commentary, some, somebody will say, I invite my mother-in-law. I mean, <laughs> afflicting yourself could be whatever. Everyone on his own level. Uh, oh, wow. God forbid. No, we're talking about their mother-in-law. We're not talking about ourselves. <laughs> I'm a father-in-law too, and my wife is a mother-in-law. But we are not. It's only they. Then... Then the Moses told them, why do you what it means? But one of the proofs, so to speak, is in the after of today. I also think it's in the parsha of last week. While I was reading the parsha of the week, while I was reading from the Torah, Moses describes the story of the golden calf. How he, the Jewish, how he was up in the mountain, they sinned, he came down, he walked. And he first writes, I was up, I was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and I didn't eat and didn't drink, and I got the first tablet. Then he says, I went up back for 40 days and 40 nights, didn't eat and didn't drink. Why? Because I didn't want, because I prayed for the forgive, God should forgive you. That means that for forgiveness, you fast. May God should atone for your sin. And you can see how Moses links the two things. <coughs> They're not eating and drinking for 40 days and 40 nights with forgiveness, with atonement for the sin. And we see that because even it's written by us only, you should afflict yourself. But it's written Yom Kippur, that's this word, the day of atonement, that's written in the Bible. We see when Moses speaks about atonement, he says not eating and not drinking. Then we link these two things together. Another thing that we learn from this from this Torah is the idea we blow the shofar. It's written to, in the Bible, in the, in the Torah, it's written about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Tua Yelachem, a day of sounding. It's not even written the word shofar. We learn it from one place to another place, it's a shofar. But why, why we blow the shofar? Ask every Jew why we blow the shofar. To do what? Why is the shofar being blown? To get their attention. To wake up. To wake up. This is written in today's Torah. Also from the book of Isaiah. But most important everything, this Torah is the dream of every liberal. It's like, when they read this Torah, they smile. They're like, Isaiah attacks if you want the whole idea of rituals. I need you. I need your prayers. I need your fasting. Take care of the poor, the needy. That's what we need you to do. Does it mean that God doesn't want the prayers and doesn't want the rituals? Then, then first of all, the, it's like, when you read this, forever there are many Jews who are busy only between mitzvahs with men and men. Based on this, chapters in the book of Isaiah from, from the prophets if you want because the prophets speak mainly about the sins between men and men why you don't hear in the prophets speaking about why you don't put on film why you don't come to shul why you don't do this you don't keep kosher none 
Why you don't care for the for why you deprive the, the poor? Why you don't take care of your brother? Why you mean to your death? Because the Jews in the time of the in biblical times in Israel were ritually religious, but not nice to each other. When they went outside of Israel, we became very morally good Jews, very nice people but not religious. That's why the rabbis speak more about the rituals. Because it's always what we are missing, not what we are not missing. This in much more in this Aftorah. But let's get a little bit into it. It's interesting, the Parsha that we read on Yom Kippur, the Torah reading on Yom Kippur day, is uh, more about the what the coin supposed to do on Yom Kippur in the temple. It's rituals. The Torah is completely not about rituals. It's like the ultimate contradiction. The coins and the prophet. The coins job was, the coins, what's the coins job? He has to do the offer the sacrifice exactly. This amount of water and this amount of blood and this amount of flour and he has to put it this way and this way and you have to reach, you have to immerse himself in the mikveh five times. It's all about, it was, they made a rehearsal in the temple because he needs to know how to do it exactly. And there were 20 coins looking over him like this and he didn't do it, he did it wrong. And that's what you're going on in shul. Hey, they read in the Torah, huh? They correct you. <laughs> That's the, all the world of rituals. Comes the prophet and he says, rituals? What's with the guy sitting next, 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 next chair to you in Shul? You ever said hello to him? By the way, I spoke about a few weeks ago about Finland, how beautiful it is, and the school system and the education. That a guy, an Israeli reporter, went to Finland to write about the education. The taxi driver who took him was a Turkish guy. He told me, it's a nice country. I said, but I live 10 years in a building. Nobody ever said hello to me. Cold. And you can have the best education and the most proper people. Nobody said hello to him because he's a foreigner. Then what is really happening? The parasha speaks about rituals. The Aftorah speaks about morals. The answer is, it's not a contradiction. <coughs> it's actually complementing each other. A Jew as is a combination of two. Because from morals alone, you don't raise Jews. There is many moral people, they don't have to be Jewish. Why there is a simulation so big in the United States? Because it was, the, the stress was only on morality, only on being nice to your neighbor, only about uh, uh, standing up for the, the pie, for the underdog. You go to college, you meet another child, another student who is just as small as you are and is actually a bigger fighter for uh, Black Lives Matters, and he goes to all the demonstrations and he is volunteering in the soup kitchens and he's caring for the, for the homeless. He brings home the ultimate child that the parents raised them, even better than me. I was expecting from his parents to say, oh, that's exactly my, that's my dream. And then the parents say, you know, yeah, but, what but? Then we need to be Jewish, to raise a next Jewish generation, you must have rituals. That's what keeps Judaism going. Then morality is the spiritual part. The rituals is, the phys is the, like the body and the soul. The soul is the morality. The rituals are the body. A soul without a body doesn't go on to the next generation. Souls are nice, but you can, can, you, can you make a meal from souls? You need bodies. But this guy is not moral. He's not moral, but he's a Jew. Let's call it counter to the minion. Then we need, it's not a contradiction. The Pasha and the Aftorah are actually complementing each other, and a person walks away from Shul with this message together. We need to have rituals, and we need to be moral. At the right, left, the right hand and the left hand. The two tablets. One tablet speaks about the, the commandment between men and God. The other one about the commandment between men. You cannot have one tablet without the other. They're going together. Five and this and five and this. 
God didn't write one, uh, the Ten Commandments on one tablet. He made two. Because it looks like it could be separate. You can, I, can, I can take one tablet. <laughs> there is a, one of the movies that Moses comes down, one of the comedy shows, he comes down with 15, I have for you 15, 10, 10, 10 to commandment because one of them falls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Uh-huh. I saw that. And many That's people, funny. the joke, really the joke is the reality. That's yeah, a sad, you know. Yeah, yeah. Many people have two tablets, they drop one. So there's only one. People ask me many times, why religious Jews are not so honest? They need to understand. In his mind, he has a 250 mitzvahs a day. So one mitzvah, he wasn't so perfect. No! No. <laughs> he forgives himself very quick, you understand? Because he's doing so many others. Did he drop this, ta- this uh, tablet? Or did he just drop the other tablet? There is two tablets, because you need both of them. And they are complementing the husband and wife. The two tablets really represent a couple. A couple makes a marriage, makes a life. One by itself doesn't work. Two tablets, you need, the, you need a Jew, he's a complete Jew. Or his morality, in his, in his spirituality, in his, in his rituals. He has both of them together, between men and God and many men. Then the Torah goes to speak about it to many men. The parasha, you read it and you listen and you keep on. Okay, let's start. And the prophet in the name of God declares, make a path, make a path, clear the way, remove any obstacle from the path of my people. For thus said the lofty and exalted one who abides for eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the supernal heights and in a holy place, yet I am with the brokenhearted and humble of spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the crushed. Okay. First of all, God says, clear the path for my people. What means clear the path for my people? Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to become more, uh, more intent to take, take, take. Yeah, but it doesn't work for some reason. Why is not working? You need a teenager. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start oh, Give me a minute, you forgive me, right? Do you have a choice? Yes, we always have a choice. <laughs> okay, there is the next paragraph that he says, I will, on one end, I'm in the very eye, on the other end, the two I'm, the two I'm living, the two I'm. Um, Yet I am, I am with the broken-hearted and the humble of spirit. Where you can find God in the broken-hearted? God is the lowest. There is another saying, we spoke about the underdog. There is a verse in the prophet that says, Elohim yevakeshet anirdaf. God will always be with the nirdaf, with the underdog. That's it, the Jewish people, naturally, always cited the underdog, it's not because of their experience. Not only, oh, because you remember, no. It's deeper than that. It's because we are like God. God is always with the underdog. Once the Rebbe speaks, we spoke about, I remember that about going Sukkot to the jails. The Rebbe said, that the Medrash says, and this verse, God is with the underdog, even the person who is, the, the language in the, in the Bible, the Torah doesn't use the word underdog. The Torah uses nirdaf. Nirdaf is mean the why the, everybody pursues them. The guy who, who, who the pursuer and the one who is being pursued, the one the runner and the one you run after. And the message says even the one who is being run after is the bad guy, and the one who the one who runs after him is the right guy. God is with another. Means to say doesn't mean that the guy in jail is the right guy. He's a good guy. He's a bad guy. But the bottom line is now suffering. That is what that. This sensitivity is straight from the Bible. That's why the Rebbe said, there is a Jew in jail, we have to go to visit him, to bring him a lulav, 
to strengthen his, his, his spirit. Doesn't mean he has to give if to leave, he has to leave the jail. But we have to take care of him even in jail. Here, Rabbi Yochanan says something amazing. Rabbi Yochanan was the one, the author of the Jerusalem Talmud. Rabbi Yochanan was the Rabbi of Israel in his time, in the time of the in Talmudic times. His Talmud was closed a hundred years before the Babylonian Talmud. Talking about two thousand years ago. Nineteen hundred years ago. There are many times in the Talmud you say, students of Rabbi Yochanan say, Ochi Omar Rabbi Yochanan. That's what Rabbi Yochanan says. And when you say, this is what Rabbi Yochanan says, that's like laying the law. Rabbi Yochanan says this, and there is no argument. That Rabbi Yochanan says, wherever you find the greatness of God, you find his humbleness. And he says it's written in the Bible, in the five books of Moses. It's repeated in the prophet. And it's written again for a third time in the scriptures. You know, the Tanakh is, is divided into three pieces. Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim. It says it's written in Torah, in Nevi'im, in Ketuvim. That he says, where it's written in Torah? It's written in Torah in the beginning of, uh, and actually I think it was last week's parasha. God is, um, God, God your God is Elokea Elokim v'adonai Adonim. God is the God of all gods and the master of all masters. The greatest. Right next to it is written, Ose Mishpat Yatom Valmana. Is standing up is the judge for the orphan and for the widow. Means to say, he stands up for the most poor, for the for the walls of the walls, for the people that nobody stands up for them. In the prophet, he says, it's this word from Isaiah. The Tan one, God says, I'm I'm at the highest of the highest. What will you will you, will you, we know we have been found? I'm found by the most you want to find me? by the most humble people. Who is the most humble people? Because life makes them humble. They are suffering. They are ruach for the, I'm coming to speed, to strengthen the spirit of the, of the people who are the, the underdog. And the people who are, the, the nitkaim, the nitkaim is like, the people who are suffering, who don't have a life, and broken. Then it's written, it says in the book of Psalms, it's written, solo, solo, rocheveravot. is God, who is riding on, on, on the angels, on the, on, the, on the clouds, the highest level. And right after that it's written, Avi etomim vedayana manot, the father of the orphans, and the judge who stands up for the widows. Then every time when you see God, the highest of the highest, you see right next to it, that is the lowest in the, in the lowest of the lowest. And where you want to see God, where you can find as Dakov Shalruach. God, we, we, where you find God with the resemble? You see it, maybe I mentioned that, I don't remember what I mentioned, where, what, when, but it's written the word Adam. Adam, Adam and Eve, right? What's the word Adam comes from in Hebrew? What is this? Earth. Why we call Adam? Earth, of the earth. Earth, Adama. Adama means earth. Man comes from earth. There's another verse. Adame le'elion. Like Adama, the word Adama can mean Adame. The same four letters. Adame means like the above. Elion, the above. That a man is a combination of two things. You can be, you can be like, you can be like coming from earth, and you're like them. What is really, I'm going to learn this, actually it's coming in a minute. A human being is a combination of two, two things. The earth, the lowest of the lowest, with the highest of the highest. And every minute he can choose where he wants to go. Here or there. Now, I mentioned that somebody told me it's a contradiction. What kind of a message is this? You tell us we are Adama. We are the Lord. Remember that we are coming from the lowest of the lowest. And the other hand, you tell us you are like God. But what are we? The truth is, it's not even a contradiction, it's complementing each other. When can you get to Adam Elion? When you're going to get closer to God? When you look at yourself as your Adama, who am I? Only when I'm humble, I can enter God. If there is, if there is no humble or a spirit, a spirit of humbleness, I don't, a full cup doesn't have, cannot pour anything inside. When the cup is empty, there is space for everything.
There's always space for more. People say, I don't have place. He's saying, you know, when you have one room, there is place for guests. Two rooms? Eh. Three rooms, you don't even place for your... By f- the bigger the house, you don't even place for yourself. Your parents are coming from out of town, you put them in a the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Who is place for parents? Who is place for adults? Oh, well, it's so complicated. They go to the hotel. We come to visit you on our day. But <laughs> a mother, you know, a woman in the preschool, her husband got sick. She didn't want her kids to get sick from them. You know what she did? She sent them to the hotel. <laughs> I loved it. I wouldn't know what I told Miriam. He deserves it. <laughs> and if he's going to the hotel, he really deserves it. <laughs> the more full you are, the less space you have for others. The more you humble, the more there is space for others. That Adam and Adam El Elyon, actually, it's one, it's one, in, it's one. It's, one comes because the other. You know, we see it on Yom Kippur. Why we wear white clothing on Yom Kippur? And we are a kittle, white. Why white? Like the angel. Pure. What other explanation? Why white? It's plain. Why white? Clean. White. Holiness. So the door. Also, you haven't even It's humble. Why? White? Why is white humble? We're talking about humbleness. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although it's made of all colors. Why white? Say. Why people? When people wear white? He's sad. Important occasion. Weddings. <laughs> when every one of us going to wear white? Shrouds are white. Now, what does this mean? Shroud? You dress a person when he's dead. What do you dress him with? Okay. It's a white. Cloth. White. Yeah. Then, white really, when you ask a regular, you are so programmed already, you only know about the angels. You ask a regular guy in a regular show why he wears white, it reminds me the day of death. Oh. On the other hand, we say the angels. That's a contradiction, no. When can you get closer to think like an angel when you remember that you are nothing? You're just dust. It's not the way, that's the way to come to, come to anything spiritual, to understand that we are, we, are, we, are, we are humble. That's what Hashem says. Let's continue. Indeed. Indeed. <clears throat> I will not contend forever, nor will I always be wrathful, for the spirit that is enfolded in the body is from me, and I have made the souls. I have made the souls. The spirit, God says I cannot be too much angry, because I have made the souls. The spirit that is unfolded, he made the souls. Now, the whole book of Tanya is based on one of this concept. I made the souls, plural. Why it's plural? See, this teaches us there is more than one soul in every one of us. There is the nefesh elokit mm-hmm. and nefesh abamit. So there are different levels. There is the godly soul mm-hmm. and the animal soul. There is the soul who wants to be alive, the soul who wants to exist, mm-hmm. and there is the soul who is a part of God Himself above. The God breath into the person, into the nostril mm-hmm. of the human being. When you're breathing in, it means you're taking, when I speak, some bread comes out of my mouth, but it's not, it's an outside, it's an external bread, because it doesn't take much effort. I can talk and talk forever, that's the best proof. When you blow up a balloon, you get very tired, because it's coming from inside. That any other creation of the world is a bread of the world. God created the world with words, reading. But, he created, he, he bred, it's written, he bred it into the human being, into Adam, a soul, that the inside of God came into him. This soul is a part of God above. And every one of us has two souls. As the animal soul that wants, not necessarily bad, the, the desire to exist, to be alive. Just with the godly soul, you might die because you'll fast the whole day for your keeper. You make your keeper every day, you know, you want to be closer to God. What happened really to the two sons of Aaron, that they were, the godly soul took over so much that they lost it. They lost their connection to reality. That's what really happened to them. 
but that's a whole different story. But the point is, God created two souls. We need both of them. We need the Adam, Adam, and Elion. We need the Adama. We need both of them, and that's what God created. And we have the two, and that's why we are so. We, people feel like hypocrites. Anybody who starts a journey to Judaism, he tells you, my friend, tell me I'm an hypocrite. Oh, if you go to Chabad, why you do this? If you do making Friday night dinner, why you do this? I'm an hypocrite. You know what the answer is? You're not an hypocrite. I'll tell you why. First of all, on a simple level, you tell them he's an hypocrite too. If yesterday I didn't help my wife, I should help her today too. <laughs> to be consistent, what am I, you're an hypocrite? Yesterday you didn't wash the dishes. Today you didn't wash the dishes. What is this? But an hypocrite is, number two is an hypocrite too. No matter who the Jew is or an angel. Is he, is he holding on to his beliefs every day of his life? Every day? I can find that one day he went a little, a little off. But the main thing that's the real answer. There are two personalities within us. It's not like the same person. We are not schizophrenics. We are not split personalities. We don't know what we want. There is two forces within us to take, who are trying to take over us. It's the godly force wants to use us for good things, and the animal force wants to use us for bad things. Two armies fighting over a city. You know, there is the Shtedlach in Poland that every week they were under different uh, control. Today it was Hungary, tomorrow it's Poland, tomorrow it's Russia. This army takes over, and you are under Poland. Tomorrow the other army. The person, then we are constantly, there is a war between the two souls. A constant struggle. Yesterday the animals still took, took over. Fine. Nothing happened. Today it's a new fight. God doesn't want you to be perfect. What he wants from us is never give up. That's what he wants. And you look, you know, you see it on sick people. The moment you give up, this is it. It's a matter of a day or two. It's not giving up. We don't even, oh, but if God wants us to be righteous, he wouldn't give us only a good gift, only a God. So God never wanted you to be, to be righteous. God wants from you the fight. God wants people who are fighting, fighters. Not to give up. Yesterday you made a mistake. Yesterday you failed. Yesterday you, you stumbled. Fine, that was yesterday. This morning I'm getting up, fighting again, and I'm fighting again, and fighting again. That's what God wants from us. Is that, is that why the, in the, the world to come, the resurrection, the, the animal soul, the flesh, is, is, is also being part of the, uh, like, my mind it is thinks only of the soul. What do you think? Both? It's all of the discussion. So, so is it, then it's not so bad that the Jewish people were stiff-necked in some ways? Not only it's not so bad. It's, it's necessary. The, it's the, the biggest compliment that the Jewish people have, sticking the people. We wouldn't be around if we wouldn't be stubborn. It's true that because you are stubborn, they are impossible. On the other hand, but it saves us. That's why God created a stiff neck. When Moses, when God said to the stiff neck people, Moses used the same argument for us from God to forgive us. He said, you are stiff neck, there are stiff neck people. What are you going to argue? You're going to fight them again and again and again. You know there are stiff neck people. Yeah. Absolutely. If my father wouldn't be stubborn, he wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. What's the question? The Jews, all of us who are here, is because of our parents who are so stiff neck. If not for the, the, the non-stiff neck Jews, their children are not here. They are nowhere. It's only the stubborn Jews who, are, who, who, who hold on to the religion, despite all the forces who said it's never going to work. No, in 2050 will be no Jews in America. In 2075 will be no Jews in the, all this prophet of dooms. You clean it up on the table, you throw it out like this, and you move on. You hold on and you stake it and you and you survive it, because Judaism is despite all odds. It doesn't make sense, it'll never have to make sense. Let's continue. For the sin of his greed, as well as for going after the rebellious impulses of his heart, I became wrathful and struck him, angrily concealing myself. I have seen him mend his ways, so I will heal him. I will guide him, and with consolation, recompense him. And those who mourn for him, that Hashem says, on one hand, they got upset with the Jewish people. 
because they did bad. But when you see them that we, we are repenting, making amend, we amend our ways, God will comfort us and help us. Now he says, go ahead, continue. The Lord, creator of the speech of the lips, says... The, the Lord, creator of the speech. You know this kind of creating a language. Created the speech. And also, it creates the world by speech. That means the speech is very important. You create a language, the way you talk, that the way you behave. The way the language that they use, that affects everybody in the way of thinking, in the way of our behavior. And it's a very, very important thing. And then go ahead and finish this line. Shalom, shalom. Peace, peace to him who is far and to him who is near. Shalom, shalom, la rachok karov. Shalom, everyone knows. They translated peace, peace, but shalom. Shalom, shalom, la I remember many years ago I was standing in the holiday service. I started the speech, I said shalom. Why I'm saying shalom? Because in Hebrew, shalom is hello and goodbye. Says hello to the people who just walked in, goodbye to the people who are just about to leave. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, it's based on this line. Shalom, shalom, la The Talmud says an amazing line. Oh, Rabbi Avo said it. Rabbi Avo was a rabbi who lived in Israel in Caesarea. He was from the later rabbis. Also, a little bit during Rabbi Yochanan time, maybe, yeah, I think so. And he was a more, because he lived in Caesarea, it was, the, it was considered the, the city of the, all the Romans lived there, the, the, the elite, it was the Washington DC of Israel. And the elite Jews were living there too. And what is Rabbi Avor says? Rabbi Avor says, the same verse is being translated by many rabbis in different ways. Rabbi Avor says, God says, Welcome to the Rachok Belakarov. What is Rachok? Rachok. Far. And Karov? Near. God says hello to the far and to the near. Who you say hello first? To the guy who is near or the guy who is far? Karov? Who are you speaking first? I'm thinking hello to you, then hello to her. And then the guy who is. Hashem says. Hello to the Rachok before the Karov. To the Jew is lost, we say, Hashem says hello to him before to the Jew is close. God listens to the Jew is lost before his Jew. Who says as Rabbi Avo? Rabbi Avo is a man who dealt with this kind of Jews. And he took this verse from Isaiah and he says, You know what Hashem is saying here? God says hello to the people of far before to those who are near. That's what God is saying. Then many Jews come to Shul and Yom Kippur. God says hello to the guy. He says the first time he says it. Hi! And the guy who comes to regular every says, guy, what's with me? <laughs> you are here every week. It's like you missed, you missed the one. And one is close, right? What? You missed the You missed, you missed, the, you missed the one who is far. But the, the message is not only about God, it's about us to go out and reach out. Really, that's if you want that's the message of Chabad. The Rebbe is to walk, is going to Afabrig in 770, and he saw one Jew looked a stranger out of place. He got the attention. The rest of the blackheads, get them out. <laughs> <laughs> Just for decoration. That's what the prophet is saying. The Jew is far. That's what you have to bring him in. And Rabbi Abo spoke from his experience. By the way, he was the one who once spoke about it. That's online, a whole class. He created the way we blow Yom Kippur, blow Rosh Hashanah at the Shofar. He, he established the system and everything. That's all. But Hashem says, I'll give shalom to the far and to the near, and I will cure them. Go ahead, continue. But the wicked are like the raging sea, which cannot be still, and its water whirl with and mud. There is no peace for the wicked, say my God. There is no peace for the wicked. It means to say they cannot find peace. They are not happy. People want more and more and more, and they cannot find happiness. They think they'll do this, 
they'll go, they'll travel, they'll go on the moon, they go there, they go on the sun. And the earth is too small, then they go on a cruise, they go on a cruise, mm-hmm. they finish a cruise, they go to, They'll try biking, they finish biking, they, they, they try the other. Every, every other two years is another hobby. They don't find happiness. Because you have to find, happiness is in spirituality. Happiness is right here, not anywhere. You know, many Jewish kids go to the Dalai Lama and they go there and they think they, it's in their own backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now God is, God is speaking, so to speak, to the, to the prophet. What is he telling him? Cry aloud, do not restrain yourselves. Raise your voice like the shofar and tell my people their transgression, the house of Jacob, their sin. Okay. Cry begaron. Cry aloud with your, with, your, with your throat. The throat is the one that can be louder. Do not restrain yourself. Don't be afraid. Raise your voice like a shofar. That's one of the places that we know that you raise your voice for a, like a shofar that it's the shofar is here to as a wake-up call. But why it's like a shofar? What's the point? Like why is the Torah comparing the the sound of the the voice of the of the of the prophet to a shofar? The shofar is, you know, the 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 God tells to a person if you want to reprimand the Jewish people, you have to be like a shofar. What what is unique about a shofar? It sounds primal. It's a simple sound, first of all. But the shofar, you ever saw a straight shofar? Shofar is bent it. That's a different than shofar and a trumpet. Trumpet, exactly. To, if you want to reprimand Jews, you better be branded. Be humble. Nobody's going to listen to you and say, Oh, you should do this! You have to be bended. You have to be humble. You have to be broken. And the shofar has to be a sound. And only then you can be a shofar, the sound, the shofar for God's words. Only then God can speak to your, to, to your mouth. Raise your voice and tell my people their sin and the house of Jacob. No, tell my people their transgression, what he says. Your transgression in the house of Jacob, their sins. What's the difference between my people <laughs> and the house of Jacob? What is it? Israel? We also see in the Bible, house of Jacob. House of Jacob. Speak to, the, speak to the women first. That's right. You remember? It's written, God tells Moses, that's what you should speak to the house of Jacob. And tell the people of Israel. The Talmud says the house of Jacob is the women. The people of Israel is the men. The house of Jacob used to speak to Ma. should speak a soft language. To the sons of Israel, Taged, speak harsh word, give it to them. Based on this, the transgression that's my people means the men. And the house of Jacob is just their, uh, what is it to the house of Jacob? Their sin. Their sin. You know the difference between transgression and sin? What's the difference between transgression and sin? Chet, avon, vepesha. What's the difference between a chet and a pesha? Alkulam, elokaz, slachlon, kaperlon, right? Chet, Avon, Vapesha. There is three words that you see. Oh, it's in here. Yom Kippur is full of this. Uh-huh. I'll just find it for you. Um, look on page 222. in many places, but this is one of them. The, 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 the end of the first paragraph, three lines before the end, to have mercy on us and forgive us on all our sins, grant us atonement for all our iniquities, and forgive and pardon us for all our trans- transgressions. You see the difference? Transgressions, sins, and, uh, and uh, iniquities. There's a sin, there's an iniquity in the transgression. What's the difference in this three? Then we'll talk about the two, the main two. 
Transgression and sin. Transgression is something that I do purposely. I do, I did make a decision to do it wrong. Sin, chet, is a mistake. I miss something. Even iniquities is a mistake, but chet is even more. I didn't do it completely. I, I, it was a, it was inadvertently, I, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident, it was a mistake. I didn't know enough. And God says to the men, you tell them their sins, their transgressions, what they purposely did wrong. Beit Yaakov, the house of Jacob, if they did anything wrong, it's just, it's just a miss, they missed it. What, <laughs> well, what the house of Jacob was the sin? The what? The, the transgression is the man. It's stronger than the Much stronger. Um, it's in also in the, in the. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there is in the, in the. I mean, it's in the prayers from Yom Kippur and the Amidah from Yom Kippur a thousand times. I just don't want to uh, make you. It's for the sin of the sin of the sin of the sin. Of the for the sin, for the sin. That's all chet. That's it. Al chet is only for the sin. You're right. But what I mean to say is. There is, the, you can see that that's the introduction to the alchet that I just told you. That's because you can rectify the sin easier than transgression. Yeah, yeah, that's what I showed you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, is that why? What? Is that why? Because you can rectify a sin easier than a transgression. Sure, a transgression is much more serious the, than a sin. The alchet and the shon esrei. Yeah, yeah, the same thing. That's what I showed you before. There's also the introduction to the alchet. And that's why we say slach lono, mechal lono, kapal lono. It's one for slach, it's for the, for the little sins, for the mistakes. Mechal is for the iniquities. Kapal, aton is for the transgression. Everyone is for a different one. Okay, let's continue. Daily, they pretend to seek me, desiring knowledge of my ways, as if they were a nation that has practiced righteousness and has not forsaken the laws of its God. They ask me concerning laws of righteousness. They seemingly desire the nearness of God. God is speaking here about people who are religious. Here comes the, here is like the turning point, really. They're daily, they're pretending like they're asking for God, they're learning Torah, they're asking how to do it, they're caring for all the mitzvahs. Religious Jews, they look like they are wanting, well, but why they do it? They want the closeness of God. It's all about the motivated because they want to be closer to God. And then because they do all the right thing, they come to God, to come to the, to the prophet with a complaint. What's the complaint? Continue. They ask, why have we fasted and you have not seen, afflicted ourselves and you have paid no heed? Behold, on the day of your fast, you pursue your, your affairs and you forcibly exact payment of all debts to you. Okay. First of all, the first half of the verse teaches us that fasting and afflicting goes together. You understand? Why we have fast and you didn't see? Why we afflicted ourselves and you don't know? That means we, here, is the, here is the commentary to affliction. What is affliction? Fasting. But It, it seems like there's fasting, but there's also aff afflicted ourselves. Is, is that's, it, is that's it what, something else? No, no. I mean, yeah, like maybe not drinking? Like not, no. Eating and drinking is all a part of fasting. Not wearing leather shoes is, is afflicting. Not taking, having relations, not to, do, not to take a shower, that's only a part of the affliction. <coughs> then it says that they complain why we are fasting. We do all the writing, we are fasting, and you don't even listen. What's going on here? Something in the system doesn't work. That the second half of the verse, God is answering to us. On the day of fasting, you are doing whatever you are looking, you are pursuing your, your, your needs, right? What is he saying now? Where is it? In well, behold. You, you pursue your affairs. Yes. Forcibly exact payment of all debts to you. You are collecting payments from people that you cannot, you cannot afford it. Continue. Indeed, you fast for quarrel and strife, and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You do not fast in keeping with the spirit of the day to make your voice be heard on high. You know, he speaks about eating with the spirit of the, with the fist. What do you do with the fist on your keeper? He says, guys, you're making this. You're doing this. You want to, you, you care for Jews. You, you think you, that's, that's the fasting that we need? That's not the fasting that I need. And now it comes to the punchline. Go ahead. It is this way that I would choose for a fast, 
a day for man to afflict himself. It is to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Do you call this a fast, a day of pleasing the Lord? Rather, this is... Well, then this, all of this is a question mark. This whole line is, this is the fast that I'm choosing. A day a person should fast and go around like this, go with ashes on his head and a sackcloth. Is this a day of, 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 of pleasing God? A day that makes God happy? <coughs> here is the answer. What, here is the, the fast that I want. Go ahead. Rather, this is the fast that I, I would choose. Loosen the fetters of the wickedness, undo the bonds of oppression, send the crush to freedom, and break every oppressive yoke. You see, God doesn't say, I don't want fast. But he says, I want a fast. That is, that is covered with actions. That you can back it with good, good behavior. That's a fast that I want. You know, it's, it's the same thing it was about um, sacrifices. The Jews used to make sacrifices, and you hear from all the prophets, from King David, from Samuel. Samuel tells Saul when Saul was offering sacrifices, he didn't listen to God, what he tells him, God needs his sacrifices. God wants people to listen to him. That means that God doesn't want sacrifices. No, God created the sacrifice. God is in the law. Sacrifice, I want sacrifices. The right sacrifices. I want a fast. The right fast. I want prayers. The right prayers. If the prayers are instead of the behaving, if the fasting is a cover-up for not doing good, right, if sacrifices are, are not backed up by good behavior, I don't need it. I don't want it. It makes me nervous, it makes me angry. Not only it makes me But the same thing he says here, here is the type of fast that I want. Those mean people take you to the other extreme. Oh, we don't need fasting, we just need to be. No, God doesn't say you don't have to fast. God says you have to be a man and to be religious. Both of them. Continue. Indeed, offer your bread to the hungry. Bring the wandering poor into your home. When you see someone naked, clothe him. And do not turn away from your own flesh. Wow, 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 wow. Give, simple as that. Give to the poor, for, for the hungry. Very simple. But you know what? Most of the people that we know, most of the Jews, our neighbors, are not hungry, right? Nobody in Solon is hungry. It's a fact. We have a obesity problem in the state. Hungry people do not have obese problems. That's a fact. In Russia, people were not obese because they had nothing to eat. They were skinny. Obesity is a problem, but it's not a problem of hunger. Yeah, because they're poor, they eat the wrong food. I know all this. Nobody's hungry. That's a fact. 99% of the people are not hungry. Finished. Get it to, 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 to people should get it. In, in America, it is Grand God, Bar Hashem. Most of the people are not on. What does this mean for us? The Torah, the, there is another part, for, I think from the Jeremiah from, from, from Isaiah. He says, there will come days, nobody will be hungry for bread. You're not hungry for bread, and you're not thirsty for water. To learn the words of God. People are hungry spiritually. They are deprived spiritually. They are very skinny spiritually. And here it says even more, when you see a naked person, what means a naked person? Dresser. You're hungry for Torah and naked for mitzvahs. The Torah is compared to food. You will come to a class, you learn, you learn something, you walk away with it, you eat it. It's in you. Mitzvah is complete compared to, to clothing. You put on the trillions and you take off the trillions, it's off for you. You see a naked person. He doesn't put on film. He never did it in his life. He never did a mitzvah. He never did a matzah. He never lit candles. You dress him. Every generation has a call. The generation before us, our fathers, you talking, were talking, the Jews who came to America were refugees, poor, didn't know what to eat. That the whole the federations, there was all the right thing to do, the joint and the ayas and the whole good organizations who did the Namat and all of them were to feed the people. The Jews in Israel were hungry, the Russian Jews were hungry, the refugees who came from the Holocaust, we had to take care of them. Thank God we live in a generation nobody is hungry. 
these problems are not there. We have to utilize all our efforts, all our uh, funds, all our finances, everything to save a Jewish child, he should be Jewish. He's fed, he's happy, but he's longing for spirituality. He might be lost for spirituality because he doesn't even know that he's hungry. And that's, what, that's, what, that's the message for us in our generation. And for this, you need a Rebbe in every generation to tell you what to focus on. Usually, we always focus on the one generation before. They're always, because the generation, until it, you know, it takes time until the generation gets the message. By the time they get the message, it's, it's over already. It's already too late, kind of. Many times, it's very sad, but you always wake up a little too late. Then the, the message of this generation, the Rebbe started outreach in the 50s. Chabad now is big, but you know what? A little bit, too little, too late. That's what it is. Now, Shekoyach. And 80% of, of, of assimilation, now there is a lot of Chabad, but it's nice. But the Rebbe wanted in the 50s, not in the 2017. The Rebbe sent out Chabad, the first Chabad I went to Morocco. There was a lot of Jews there. Huge poverty, and, you can, and it saved a lot of Jews to Yiddish kind and everything. They barely established themselves for 10 years. In the 60s, the Jews in Morocco started to leave. Go to France, they went to Israel, they went to other countries. You know what I mean? It's like the, the message of our generation, the call of our generation is dress the, 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 the naked, feed the poor with spirituality, Every, nobody is hungry. It's nice if you invite them Friday night dinner for break the fast, for the meal before the fast. But while you break the fast, give them a little bit spirituality in the meal. Top of page 208. Then? Then <clears throat> will your light break through like the dawn and your healing speedily sprout forth. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will gather you in. Beautiful. Then? Continue. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will respond. Here I am. If you would but remove oppression from your midst, the threatened finger and malicious speech, if you would open your heart to the hungry and satiate. Okay, then what he soul. says here is, when is God going to hear you? When you care for others. Physically, spiritually, when you care for others. And it's not only about me. If it's me, God says, you you selfish? <laughs> Why should I care for you? And I do something for another person. Oh, now we're talking. To take care of one of my children, now we're talking. Physically or spiritually? Continue. Uh, here I am, if you would but remove oppression from your midst, mm -hmm. the threatening finger and malicious speech, if you would open your heart to the hungry and satiate the afflicted soul, then your light will shine in the darkness and your deep darkness will be as bright as noon. The Lord will always guide you and satiate your soul with radiance. He will give strength to your bones, and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never cease. A spring whose water never ceased. As water that ceases, a spring that is water ceases from time to time, is considered in the Talmud a misleading spring. It's not real. It's not true. Sometimes there is water, sometimes there's no water. A, 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 a real spring is to be a spring that. Like goes on forever. Like a mikveh. A mikveh to be connected to a spring that goes on forever. Sure. Go ahead. You want to continue? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. In the merit of your good deeds, they shall build <clears throat> ancient ruins, and you shall reestablish the foundations of former generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to settlements. You know, it says yesterday a bridge in Israel collapsed. You read about it? Mm -hmm. It's ne literally next to my house. It's a bridge for human beings. For bridge? A bridge. A bridge. Freeway yeah. 4. And, and what happened is that a truck uh, with a big uh, a crane went it up yeah. and did it. Ahead, and he, it and he killed, yeah. it killed him, his, the driver himself. But first of all, it was a huge miracle because it could be. A hundred people could die for such a thing. Now, one person, one person died. I mean, it's said it was in one soul. But somebody wrote, this is from Bnei Brak to the other part of the city. It's a kind of a bridge between religious and non-religious people. It says it was one bridge, and even this bridge broke. <laughs> it's all about making the bridges. Continue. 
Well, what, can I just say something? It seems like what this is saying is that it, it, our good deeds today can repair the, the past bad deeds. This is true. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. If you restrain your feet because of the Shabbat from attending to your affairs on my holy day, and you call the Shabbat delight, the day made holy by the Lord honored, and you honor it by not following your customary ways, refraining from pursuing your affairs, and from speaking profane things. Oh, here he comes to speak about what is Shabbat. The prophet Isaiah gives this, describes, God says the spirit of Shabbat. Yeah, there is many people who will not do anything. They will not walk on Shabbos. But he says, what is Shabbat? Not to pursue your own activities. You should call it, you should make it into a day of pleasure, a day of uh, delight. That's why you have to eat good food. All of the idea of pleasuring the Shabbat comes from this verse in the book of Isaiah. To honor the Shabbat and to pleasure and to delight the Shabbos. Honoring Shabbos is by nice clothing. Pleasuring the Shabbos is by good food. What is he saying? Don't be busy with your own thing. Don't speak about mundane things. There is one thing, you know, oh, you're not allowed to deal with money. But what about, should I plan my trip? Should I speak about business in show? No, I'm allowed to do it. That biblically you are allowed, but it's against the, the, the call of the prophet. Allah says, for this you should learn that every double dover, these words, the quote, you should not speak, your words of Shabbat should not be like the words of the, of the weekday. That's why there is a, there is a Jewish law that says, you know, Jewish people, when they speak about money and Shabbos, you know how they say? Instead of two dollars, two halas. <laughs> <laughs> the joke goes, then a guy says, uh, I have a car for sale. <laughs> How many chalas you want for it? I want 2,000 chalas. Yeah. Comes an hour later, says, I'm, I want to, I, I'm ready to give 2,000 chalas. Says, no, already I gave it to, for three, to another guy for 3,000 chalas. <laughs> <laughs> then obviously you missed the point. But you can, if you think about it, today's business is all about what? Every one of us. What do you do? A meeting? An email? A phone call? A meeting? You do anything? You do fingers? Nothing. Then, then what's business? Business is talking. Then you can be in Shul and Shabbos and do business. You know, this famous joke about the doctor came to the lawyer. He says, everybody in Shul is asking me advice. What do I do? What should I do? He says, after Shabbos, send them a bill. <laughs> after Shabbos, he gets a bill from the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> then, because then the, what the prophet is saying here, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Hey, where were you all these years? Every advice you just sent in 15 minutes, whatever it is. Because it was insured, it's work is work, business is business. You're collecting after Shabbos, you don't even touch any money, nothing. It was pure. The, the prophet is saying here, you know what? The Srat is speaking here about the spirit of Yom Kippur, and he's speaking a, like a by the way about the spirit of Shabbat. I don't, it's not enough not to work. What kind of a, of a Shabbat table is if you speak about mundane things? What kind of Shabbat is it that you're busy with all the, you're going around on your property and you're checking out? There are stories about a chassid, a, a pious Jew that he went in the time of the Talmud, went in his backyard, in his vineyard, in his orchard, and he, he walked through Shabbat, and then he started to say, oh, we have to fix that, we have to fix that. And he decided not to fix it forever, to raise a reminder that on Shabbat he shouldn't be busy with mundane things. And that's the spirit of Shabbat. Let's just finish it. Then you shall delight in the Lord, <coughs> and I will make you ride on the high places on the earth. And I will nourish you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, does the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What he says here, when you will behave, when Yom Kippur will have the right spirit, when Shabbat will have the right spirit, then you will write on the, on the uh, uh, eye of the on, the, uh, on the high place of the earth, and you will get the heritage of, of Jacob, your father. Miss Abraham and Isaac, it's not the ultimate. Jacob is the ultimate, because all his children continue the Jewish people. 
And will this the and the and the prophet says this is the word the word of the mouth of God from God's mouth. That's what God wants from us. Then it's all about this Torah. It's all about guys. Don't be only busy with the rituals. Don't forget of the spirit, the message that the rituals have in them. That's what time is about today.